to the Insomniac Show with Nicolette and Brian. We'll get real deep with you, educating, inspiring, and solving problems with some of the most inspirational humans on the planet. Buckle up and come on the journey. I'm excited. Hi, guys. I'm Nicolette. And today, Brian and I are here with Nandini Iswar, and she is going to talk to us about data-driven humanity. She's the CTO and co-founder of a company called Speakfully. And we're going to learn, um, we're going to learn a little bit about, uh, you know, the workplace and we're going to dive into some trends. So thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me guys. Thank you. So before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to Speakfully? Sure. Um, so I'm with, I'm CTO and co-founder at a company called uh, Speakfully. We've been around for a little over two years. Um, so we're right in that toddler stage. So we could still consider ourselves this very young startup. Um, so we're essentially on a mission to like help and combat mistreatment at, at the workplace and also in, in your personal space. Um, so think of us as, um, as a SaaS tech platform that uh, HR teams essentially will like deploy to their organizations, to their employees. And it's sort of a little benefit that the employees have where um, they can go in and start writing about any experiences, especially of you know mistreatment, misbehavior, things that are generally negative and you don't feel very comfortable talking about them. So they can um, they can write about it and um, use our platform um, to securely submit that to the right people in either HR teams or your management and make sure you get the message across. And in return, what the, uh, the management team will essentially start seeing data and trends of how things are happening. And um, I call this our USP, which is basically recognizing some of these trends that happen even before things officially come to you. Um, and that's really what helps people, especially uh, people managers, sort of be in front of the issue as opposed to being more reactive. You know, it's like someone's written something on a blog or someone's gone outside to the media and talked about, you know, things that happened. Even before that, you have to have the opportunity to take action and you know address the situation. So that's that's really what the tool does. So we give this to um, organizations and we kind of you know um, sell it to enterprises for for them. We also actually have a free version of our product, um, which obviously doesn't have all the bells and the whistles. It doesn't have a lot of the data and analytics, but it also is meant to help. Um, individuals who are really experiencing mistreatment either personally or even professionally, even if your organization doesn't have it, you still have a place to actually uh, be safe and write down your negative experiences. So, so, you know, it's interesting about that is so, you know, that's really cool how you could sort of submit that. Is there also like check-ins because you, you're talking some of the data and how you're doing predictions. How does that work? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, part of the mission, um, you know, the philosophy behind Speakfully is to sort of bridge the gap between your HR management teams and your employees. So naturally, there have to be ways for you to have meaningful, like, um, yeah, meaningful conversations, I guess, right. with your employees. So that's the that's the data and analytics piece, right? So you get all of that data reflecting the ground reality, things that are actually happening. There's murmur about, you know, some toxicity in 
so-and-so department. You know, that insight allows you as HR leaders to essentially have more meaningful conversations, conversations that are, you know, not tone deaf. You know, I mean, I like to just say not tone deaf because you just don't want to go there and say, hey, I'm giving you the survey and tell me about how you like the kombucha in the uh, break room. But that's really not what, you know, you, I mean, you want to have more relevant conversations and say, hey, we're noticing that this is happening in Zoom rooms or this is happening in in video uh, chats. Um, you know, can you give us more insight about it? So that actually helps build that trust between the two parties. Because I mean, when we survey a lot of people, like we hear them saying, hey, I'm not going to report this issue because I'm either fearing retaliation or I don't trust the other side to actually, you know, trust me. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's that's their fear for people, you know, that prevents them from coming forward. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, when you talk to HR departments and leaders, they're essentially saying, hey, no one's giving us the opportunity. We can't like just deal. We can't take action if we don't know details, if right. we don't know what's going on. Uh, unless we have that insight into what's happening, we can't take action. You can't like just make assumptions about certain things. Mm-hmm. And that's worse. Essentially, you're creating this whole different type of bias so i think the intention is to like kind of help bridge that gap much needed gap i'd say you know i know we want to talk about data but before we go there i'd love to talk about some workplace trends and you know you guys have been around for about two years now and i'm sure that there was a lot to learn from 2020 in the workplace so you know what did we learn from 2020 and kind of what are we looking at uh, as we go into 2021 yeah, I mean, 2020 essentially was uh, was the year that we'll be talking about all the time, right? So it's it it was the year when everyone had to just react to situations that were just thrown into their face. So going into 2021, you're now starting to be a bit more assertive. You're you're essentially going in with more planning and more um, guards, I would say, you know, for lack of a better term. Um, Obviously, the shift to remote is here to stay, you know, it's here to stay for a little while. So now we're no longer trying to scramble to figure out who gets what. But now you're in a place where you know for a fact that we are going to be in a remote setting. That in itself now in 2021, I think it's like going to present you with like tons of opportunities. So clearly safety is going to be one of the big you know, safety is paramount this year, right? People are still very skeptical about going back into the workplace. You know, what are the processes in place? Are are you required to take vaccines? So that whole element of, you know, safety in itself is gonna be like one big shaping trend in 2020, that's my opinion at least. The other, which is more on the cultural side is, you know, the, the focus on this broad term, I mean, it's, it's a very broad term. It's become a buzzword now, unfortunately, but it's this focus into like mental health, you know, um, the wellness aspect of it. Um, I hate that it's a buzzword and I hate that, you know, people are only talking about it as a result of the pandemic. But the, the point is, how do you ensure that, you know, the lines I mean, right now, the lines are very blurred between your work environment and your home environment. There are no lines, in fact, for some of us. I mean, look at us. We're all, you know, sitting here and doing this. But I think the focus is going to be on how do you tackle, um, you know, mental, mental health and what are some tools and technology that you can actually leverage 
to give them a place for them to like check in on themselves, you know, just give you a little bit more um, of that personal space and help you delineate between the two, two aspects. So certainly the mental health space is going to be like, you know, it's going to be a big topic to be talked about. Other thing that, um, you know, I like also personally is that, I mean, unfortunately, through 2020, it was not just the pandemic, right? I mean, there's BLM that happened, all the protests and the political climate, everything around us has really shifted the focus a lot on being inclusive, you know? Um, and so everyone, now you suddenly have departments that are being stood up in organizations to focus on DNI or DENI, you know, there are various terms to describe it. But bottom line is now people are essentially acknowledging that there is a discrimination of sort. You know, up until 2020, maybe even mid 2019, I don't think there was that acknowledgement that there is an issue and that we have to tackle it. The nice thing about 2020 and everything that happened is that it's shifted the focus and people are now able to come forward and at least talk about it. That's like the first step. 2020 was the year for talking about it. I think 2021 is gonna be the year where they're going to be forced to take action. It's sad that you know the situation kind of, there's a forcing function, but I mean, I'll take it, right? I mean, you just, there has to be certain actions and technology and tools that help you address those gaps and be be more inclusive. Just be better workplace overall. So that's that's my that's that's what we're seeing also actually. So the, this is a tool then that would be a, a place to do that then for someone who might you know feel apprehensive about about saying something um, you know or unsure or fearful. So this is the place to do that then. That's where this technology comes in as a as a tool. Right. Correct? Right, right. Yeah, technology is a tool. I mean, at the end, it has to be tech also, you know, I mean, if you think about tech, like as a wave, the first wave in like, you know, especially this human resources people side, people analytics side is, there's this wave of like all these productivity and efficiency improvement tools. Those came about like you've got your Slack, you've got your Zoom, you know, there was a wave of all that that's meant to improve that connectivity meant to make you more efficient. You ping anyone that you need to in real time, get your you know responses real time, and it's no longer email only, right? Mm-hmm. Then the other shift, if you think about it, I mean, not necessarily in chronological order of time, but you know, the other big wave that happened was all on social media. You know, the you know the uprising of that the you know the different platforms where you help build that human connection, right? I think the next big shift is going to have to be about, I mean, we as tech companies think about this all the time. How do you bridge the two elements? Do you, um, you know, do you use tech? You have to use tech as a tool to recognize how these social connections can in some, and your productivity, you know, um, enabling tools, how can both of these come together to really make you a very positive and a happy workplace. And the workplace, you know, obviously throw in this whole pandemic as a a wild card in there, the workplace looks very different now. (laughs) So suddenly all these things put together is gonna be the new wave of, you know, innovation, I think in, in tech. Do you think all the data, right, is gonna help create sort of a better 
I don't, I don't mean like team environment, but better teams, right? Like, okay, this person is going to work better with this type of manager or in this type of group or whatever the case is, you know, having all that data that's sort of structured around who the employee is and some of who some of the managers are, or supervisors or whatever positions they're in, or, you know, even CEOs and understanding where they, you know, where their strengths and weaknesses lie, right? Is this going to provide any um, insight into that to create better teams? It, it could. I mean, it could. Um, I like to think of, you know, having, when, when, I, when I think about like any data driven tool, I'm sort of thinking about it as data that should accurately, res, you know, reflect the reality of the mm. situation, right? So, you know, the example that, that you gave Ryan was is interesting because you're now thinking about like tools that basically go there like algorithms, you know, machine learning, all of those things. Right. Essentially that's just going out there and trying to like, you know, mine all of this data mm-hmm. and present certain conclusions. Say, hey, these are certain traits of this person he thrives in a highly competitive environment or this, this person thrives in, um, you know, when, when they're paired with like someone with a softer skill. So, you know, you're, you're coming, you're essentially presenting these factors for it to come to certain conclusions. Mm -hmm. And, and I think those factors are driven by norms, like social norms, societal norms. Mm You know, and and that's where maybe I kind of look at it with a different lens is someone has to give it, feed it these social norms. But Mm -hmm. what is that? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's that's it's kind of like when we were talking about AI recently, you know, the AI is only as smart as you make it or, you know, it's only going to be as kind. What were you talking about? Kind. Oh, gosh. Um, Kind AI or, or helpful right. AI, it's right? It's going to be based on whoever's programming it, right, or whoever's right, making right. the decisions or, yeah. te- or teaching it. Let's be honest, because mm-hmm. you know some people are teaching AI, so that's that's interesting. So how I guess so so then what really I guess here's my question. Then what what should be being looked at, right? If if we say like okay, it depends on who feeds it, whatever the norm is supposed to be. So what does the company need to do in order to make it work, right? Make it so it is it is fair and it is reflective and it is taking everyone into consideration. You know, it is being inclusive to everyone in the company. Mm-hmm. I think it. Um, I think the biggest piece is mining all of that data and essentially like creating a pattern and presenting the pattern to a human so the human can essentially draw the conclusions out of it. Don't let the machine really come to the conclusions for you uh, because that will try, I mean, you're gonna tell it, eliminate all the bias and like, you know, read everything. Like I was reading the other day that uh, there was a survey, I think ADP or one of those larger organizations ran. And, um, you know, they found that um, in a workforce of 10,000 plus people, they ran a, you know, they ran one of these uh, algorithms, and it's essentially decided that if you completely eliminate flexible work times, then the org can save a ton of money in terms of the benefits they're offering. So, but in the process, it's created this huge bias against people that need that flexibility, like working parents or, you know, everyone right now, pretty much everyone right now, (laughs) everyone right now. That's true. And again, yeah, exactly. Your, your um, surroundings, your current situation is going to dictate that. So I, I mean, that's what I think is the right thing to do. And, and now of course, you know, there's, 
you know, fake news and fake data and, you know, and all those elements that are essentially like making this an even more complex problem than it really needs to be. I think it's, it's about just collecting the data. And I mean, there's tons of data. So there's no way that can be manual. Mine that data, you know, and show the patterns of what it is. And, you know, statistically, you know, just show, hey, this is what uh, reality is. And present that sense of reality to the human. And then the human essentially looks at it and says, okay, based on the year 2020 and the learnings we took out of it, if I'm seeing a pattern of a certain type of behavior, then I should do A, B, and C to address it if we think it's a problem. Or maybe your data is indicating that you don't have a problem. <laughs> then, you know, just do do nothing with it. I mean, I yeah, we say this to a lot of um, organizations when we talk to them all the time, you cannot stop people from behaving weird or behaving in a, in a certain way, um, you know, good or bad. But what you can do is help, you know, look at the data of that behavior and figure out if this is essentially going to be good for someone in the team or someone or your culture in your organization, or did something happen? And, you know, trying to draw those conclusions with those data points is what's going to help, you know, help you get to that happy place, I think. I think that's really important because, you know, one of the things I had on my, um, on my, to, on my list of things I wanted to talk about today um, was kind of using data versus using, um, like, you know, when somebody comes in for an interview and you look at like their, their personality and the way, you know, it, like their, their other um, skills, you know, their soft skills or, or whatever yes. you might call them, like how, isn't that almost more important, the humanness of a person as opposed to what the data says they are, you know, I mean, that's, that's where I struggle, like, like looking at the data, that's where I struggle with data, especially in a setting like this, where you're talking about human resources, and someone might be feeding it information that is biased, right? I mean, that's their perspective of what's happening, that may not be what's really happening, or, you know, um, there are always two sides to a story, you know, so how do you take that data if you're not looking at the, the humans in it, right? I mean, it's a good thought. I mean, I think the answer is don't generalize too much. I think, you know, um, goes back to what we were saying earlier that, you know, if you're, if you're making assumptions about, you know, hiring or saying here are certain cultural traits that I'm looking for in a person and here go scan all the resumes on file, come back to me and say, I mean, the only way you could do it is look for keywords or look for, you know, mm -hmm. things that's gonna be indicative of something. But I think the hiring manager or the person who's actually finally making the call still needs to have the ability to overrule that mm -hmm. and still needs to have the ability to like, you know, assess for herself or himself. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, not rely entirely on that. Yes, you could use that as a guiding indicator, perhaps, um, especially when you have large organizations that are going through a huge hiring spree, they they have no choice but to make it more automated, put it through some sort of algorithm. But you can't like completely eliminate that that human element, I think. I think it comes down to that. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. I mean, I don't it, know. 
yeah. Oh, we're yeah. big data lovers. I know, Brian, you love data. But I, 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 like, I also, I mean, I don't have my shirt on, but I usually have a shirt on that says, I love humans too. <laughs> yeah, too. Right. You know, I mean, we always, you know, be a good human first. I always, you know, that's always the way to start it, regardless of what the data is telling you, because, you know, Hey, like we said, it depends on, it could be wrong. It could be what someone put in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't define someone necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't define someone. And that's why it's like that make sure that your data reflects the reality mm-hmm. and then, and then figure out what needs to be done there. It's, um, it's organizations. When we talk to them, we, I mean, the last uh, 2020 is interesting, um, obviously, because, you know, when the pandemic hit, the HR budgets had, you know, huge slashes, and they were all like scrambling to figure things out. But we essentially like notice like this spectrum of people. There is this one group that didn't think that, you know, there's need to even look at data to come to any any conclusions at all. So, you know, I like to call those as like, you know, head in sand mode where you're like saying, I don't think I have anything to analyze. I don't think I have problems. I don't think I have good, you know, outcomes on anything. So I'm just gonna let that be. Then you have this other end of the spectrum where they're essentially saying everything has to be data-driven everything has to be completely Mm. automated. But right. the right solution is always somewhere in between. It's like, look at data, you know, try to figure out the trend, but don't necessarily, you know, act on it unless you've looked at it and you know what, what you should be doing. Right. Yeah. So, it, it's, it's interesting too that like, I mean, it, it, what's interesting is, I mean, forget about the people that don't even look at the data. That's just sort of scary. Right. right. But it's interesting that it's sort of, it's, well, I guess on the other end, it's scary too. Like people who are making the data, let the data making the judgment call for them versus actually looking at it. So I guess either end, like if you're on either end, it's a scary place, right? Yeah. You know, you gotta be somewhere in the middle. It, it almost like, it almost doesn't make sense to not go, okay, let, what am I looking at? What am I trying to, what is it trying to tell? me what is this data what does it mean you know it's scary when people don't ask those questions right right yeah i mean and not not asking uh, or not knowing what questions to even ask mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's just an enabler at the end of the day data is an enabler but you still have to do the right thing as a human mm-hmm. Absolutely. so i want to ask you about this concept of being gentle with tech and I, I want to know you know what does that mean to you to be to be gentle with technology what does that mean being gentle with technology that's i mean it's it's a uh, i mean it can be interpreted in multiple ways right so um i think of it as a way that you use technology to create a certain sense of awareness of the self of the self so that when you are you know interacting with somebody or something or other tools you are a little bit more equipped in terms of recognizing what actions you take and how those impact the other the other person or the other task or no man, I mean, be it anything, essentially. So I, I think it's, um, uh, you know, it's a way to um, create self-awareness, maybe, mm-hmm. and help you think about it as, am I being, am I, am I being kind? And am I really being um, gentle about it? Am I really uh, doing the right thing? And also, 
you know, helps you create an understanding of what your actions and, and how your actions really impact something else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I mean, you think about um, tools like, you know, something like even Microsoft Office, you know, your, it sends you these weekly reports. I don't know if you've used these, use the platform, it sends you these weekly reports of like, you know, your analytics. It tells you exactly like, you know, what you've done, how many meetings you've had. So someone who's basically think about it as a people manager or someone who's handling frontline in like delivery or, or any, any role that they're going to look at it and it's going to give them like us, you know, they'll be able to step back and look at it differently with a different lens and say, okay, it looks like I haven't actually had so many one-on-ones. I haven't checked in on people. It allows you to step back right. from it and look at it mm-hmm. and kind of creates that awareness. I mean, so I, I really like that, you know, ability to, um, step back a little bit and see what's going on with yourself. You know, it's, it's sort of like digital therapy, right? It's <laughs> yeah, that's a great <laughs> word, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like when I get my screen time report on my phone, and I go, "Wow, I've been on my phone a lot this week." When I get my damn my yeah. screen time report, I'm like, "Oh crap, holy mackerel!" Yeah, you're, you're like, "Did I really spend that much time?" <laughs> yeah, on app or doing this one thing, but it, yeah. but it's good because it is. It's a self check, right? It's right. you go to yourself, "Wow, I should be really maybe focusing on this, or not so much focusing so much time on that." You Wait, know, I'm my kids some more, right? <laughs> I get off my phone. Actually, think about it. Like, or, or if you're not, if you're not, say, for instance, you, you you lead a whole bunch of people, right? And you're not spending that time in talking to them, you know, and having meetings or whatever, or not interacting with them, and you're just whatever sending emails. You're not having that connection with them, right. or as close of a connection as you could. So, you know, it's it is a good self check. It's, it's your little digital therapy there. Right. It is digital therapy. And again, goes back to how well you're using, are you using it for response? Are you using data responsibly? Are you using for the right, using it for the right cause? This is to create that, you know, introspective zone in, Mm -hmm. if you would. Of course, the, my analytics still, still sends me a, a quiet days report. Like, you know, what were the days that were very quiet for me? And it includes weekends in it. And I thought, <laughs> you know, uh, can we tweak this a little bit? <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. I don't want to work. I don't want to have meetings on Saturday or Sunday or whatever. Right. Right? And, and, and the fact that I'm not doing it shouldn't be a surprise to you, my friend. You know? Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's, it's almost like, we, you know, we've had this conversation with a few people in the past. Um, you know, are you using technology for good or for bad? And, you know, we've talked about in, in terms of social media, you know, social media can be used for good or for bad. So it's kind of the same thing, you know, using the tech as, you know, for good, right? I mean, this is one of the ways that you're supposed to be using it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like be on the right mission and and be responsible. I think, you know, with the new wave of everything that's happening, it's gonna, like businesses, organizations, they're gonna have to incentivize their people to use that data responsibly. So you got to like rethink the whole incentive structure, in my opinion, you know, um, it's it's no longer, you're no longer going to be rewarded if you um, just manage to gain like thousands of followers as, as a simple example, as a simple metric for like businesses is how many followers you have, you know, how many hits you're getting at. It doesn't have to just be in blind numbers. I think it needs to be the quality of what that brings in. And that's where you create a certain sense of responsibility. Are you, um, are you addressing the right group of people, right demographic, you know, 
are you um, are you sending out the right type of message? Are you know? I think those are the conversations that need to be had in in this year and and coming years. It's no longer just purely you know analyze the data and come back with certain conclusions. It's really about how you're going to put that to the right use. So being responsible. Mm-hmm. It's be, it'll be key. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I want to close with one thing, um, kindness in the workplace. And I, I, I'd like to leave on a, on a good note and talk a little bit about that for a second. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Is it difficult for people to be kind in the workplace? Um, and, and how can we be kinder in the workplace? Yeah, I mean, you would think that's not such a hard thing to do, right? I mean... <laughs> But apparently it is. I, I think there are all these weird factors that drive people to behave a certain way. Um, you know, some of them thrive in competitive environments or like, you know, the unreasonable expectations are like forcing you to do certain things in a certain way. And in the process, you're just like, you know, um, you know, doing all, a lot of things that are the opposite of being kind. And, and I think that, uh, you know, that's where the culture element and that's where the, the positivity and building that trust really comes into play. Because as long as you feel safe in an environment and you know that you can fail safe, you know, and not be judged poorly or not drawn to like, you know, extremely harsh conclusions, then I think you naturally are in a comfortable space and you don't, you don't, you know, you don't get to be super aggressive about certain things. I'm not saying you're reward for performers. Essentially what I'm saying is uh, make sure that you're setting the right environment for people to really like, you know, figure out their niche, you know, and is this where I can thrive as, as, you know, is this an environment that I can thrive? It's it's a two-way street. It's no longer the organization coming and laying out the terms and saying, these are the parameters, this is what you need to do for you to be, you know, measured as as being successful. But I think it's it's creating an environment where you're saying, if you are not, you know, able to achieve these goals, then let's come back and like figure out what we can do to help you or enable you to be successful. So even that small message. I think can actually help people come across um, and be just be nicer to each other. It's it's really not that hard, you know. And, and it's, it doesn't cost anything to be nice to another person. <laughs> really, yeah, you know? yeah. You know what was that? Uh, what was that song? Um, I forget this. It's it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Yeah. I, I don't remember where it was, but um, you know, it sounds, it sounds helpful. It sounds good. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so good. I'm so I'm so upset. I don't have my "Be a Good Human" T-shirt on today. You would have liked that one. (laughs) Let's superimpose it or something. That's right. (laughs) We want to thank you so much for for coming on and talking to us today. Um, Can you please Mm -hmm. tell everybody where they can learn more about you and Speakfully? Yeah, thank you for having me. So uh, we're at Speakfully.com, and you can also find us on. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So we're at our our tags are um, at Speakfully now, and um, um, you know, look forward to you know helping out people if they're going through anything negative. They don't have to navigate alone. So we're here to help. 